0: Hello Geeks, I'm Princess Weeks And I'm Tessa Netting And you are listening to The Geek Podcast Your weekly energy boost of the world's fandoms and stories you love Each week we're going to skim the surface
1: of what's popular in geek culture Then deep dive into the lore of Netflix worlds bigger than our own
0: Today's world is the world of time travel and superhumans and children with lots and lots of daddy issues. Umbrella Academy. Season three. Season three. Woo.
1: Honestly, I think this is my favorite season yet. It is so good so good agreed
0: a thousand percent as always well not always always but right now <laughs> absolutely and also i am so pumped for you to hear my interview with allison i heard a rumor Hargrees herself <laughs> miss number three emmy raver lampman she's so amazing we get into the nitty-gritty of what it means to right now be in her villain bag because spoiler mm. alerts allison goes dark this season and it's fantastic
1: it's a lot very
0: intense but first princess What's got you geek this week? Well, uh, in slightly geeky news, I got to go to VidCon, which was fun. I wasn't there as a featured creator or anything. I was just there as a tiny little creator but- bee. And it was a fun thing to get to see a bunch of my friends who work in that business and just reconnect with people. The con itself mm-hmm. was... A convention post-COVID, so it's definitely dealing with right. some some pains. Uh, would have loved to see more political stuff. Like, it was all NFTs, which felt very weird what? considering, yeah. I think they no. programmed it before the NFT stuff happening. <gasps> it would have been fun to just have had more different kinds of panels there just different kinds of talent it felt very Mm. skewed in like one direction or another and i just would have been fun to have a little bit more variety but i did enjoy going and i'm also really excited because fire emblem three uh houses warriors is out And I have been playing it, and even though that Warriors is kind of weird for me because it's played differently, I'm loving it. I'm so happy to be with my babies again, and yeah, I'm just happy to be playing video games and to be home with my cat.
1: Yay! Yay, cat.
0: Cats and video games are the two
1: best combinations. Like, it's just, you can't go wrong. You Mm -hmm. can't go wrong with playing video games with a cat. With exactly by your side <laughs> um so for me what's got me geeked this week is obviously stranger things Woo! is dropping tomorrow volume two I am so excited I cannot wait it's like I just can't wait because we've already seen it so mm-hmm. I Everyone else needs to catch up because I'm sick of keeping secrets and not telling anyone because I don't want to spoil anything. I don't want to say anything. I'm keeping the secrets, but I want everyone to know because I want to know everybody's thoughts. I want to see everybody's reactions. And so, yeah, I'm excited for that. And also, Umbrella Academy is out. And it's been cool seeing my friends that watch it, like, their reaction to the season. They—a lot of them really loved it, and so we were correct.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's been really fun seeing everyone finally catch up and get to— um to see it and 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 take joy in it. I'm just really enjoying all of the chaos. Everyone <laughs> is, like, freaking out over things, and I've also just loved seeing everyone be so supportive of Victor and Elliot and their journey, mm-hmm. so it's just been a really fun thing to see people be so overwhelmingly, like, in- inclusive and enthusiastic about those things, and, like, I know everyone's happy. Allison got to be the superior black widow storyline. I know I am so. <laughs> I'm just really, yeah, I'm I'm loving Umbrella Academy this season. I think it's my favorite thus far. Oh,
1: definitely same. I I love it so much and I I really have been enjoying everyone's reactions. And if you want some more Umbrella Academy, if you've already watched it, Umbrella Academy Unlocked Unlocked is Right is available right now on YouTube. It's like the official Geeked After Show. Felicia Day is hosting it. I would check it out. I watched a part of it. I haven't finished it yet, but I really liked when they were talking about filming the Footloose dance scene and they were talking about the choreography and everything because that was
0: such a great moment. So it was, I loved hearing them talk about it. Yeah, when I got to interview um, the actress who plays Allison, she talked about how difficult, like fun but difficult that was, like just the idea of having to like Zoom rehearse something that intricate, I'm like Whoa. all all yeah. I'm like all the Emmys, all the things. Yeah, our, our interview with her is really great and it gets into that that part of it as well. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 really cool seeing all these little nuggets of information come out. We love nuggets. Love a nug. (laughs) That's what's got us geeked. I apologize for my voice. The other thing about VidCon is that you're talking very loudly as hot, sick beats plays. So that's why I have this very seductive um, voice tenor right now.
1: You are good. I have COVID,
0: so. (laughs) You win. Okay, so we all know that the music in Umbrella Academy is, like, iconic, amazing, perfect. So we're going to play a little musical get-to-know-you-and-me that we call soundtrack for Your Life. Trademark Incorporated. Uh, <laughs> what songs are playing in your biggest TV moments? That's what I'm going to ask my lovely co-host Tessa, because I'm sure she's probably got some very hot lesbian picks. Uh, lesbian picks? We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> let's let's go. Let's do it. All right. Uh, what song would you play as you fight off sweeter spies? Alright, so the first song that I could think of was
1: actually He's a Pirate from Pirates of the Caribbean because this is actually the they talk about like having like a birth song like a birth soundtrack so it's like when you're giving birth like what songs would you want to play? Literally, I want this song on repeat until my child is born. I want an epic birth and it's like it makes sense because like the child is like sailing through you. Anyway, but um, so it was one of those things where it's like I love that song. Sometimes Joe and I play it, like, New Year's Eve, and so now I was, like, fighting Swedish spies, like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. It's like you could have some cool, like, swords. You could do a thing. It's, like, epic. That's it. So that that's my sort of thought. What about you, Princess?
0: Um, I'm going to have to, unfortunately, call another IP and say, Do You Want to Taste It by Wigwam? Because Ooh. ever since Peacemaker came out, that song lives rent-free in my brain. I can just see myself fighting. So we like, Do you really want to? Do you really want to taste it? Mm. And um, they are a Norwegian glam metal band. So I think that's perfect Swede fighting uh, Ooh, music.
1: Interesting. I like how you brought up. In the Swedish aspect, incredible. Okay, next song. What is your ultimate comfort, like alone in your room vibey song?
0: Okay, I think if I'm sad, like if I've just gone through a breakup, mm-hmm. I will absolutely like put the covers over and just like sing everything from like early Evanescence. Like, <laughs> how can you, like, just like, like a lecturer in their devil the movie, just like out there, just like fighting sheets and sandbags, listening mm-hmm. to Evanescence. And if I'm like going through a breakup, then I will definitely listen to unbreak uh, Unbreak my heart" by Tony Braxton until, like, I dry heave into uh, <laughs> font of emotions. What about what about you? Uh,
1: the first song that came to my mind as like a alone in my room song. If I'm sad or happy, is Dancing Queen from ABBA. Like just uh, amazing. I've definitely been in moments before where I'm like crying, sobbing my eyes out, and I put that song. I'm like, you can dance, you can jump. Like just, it's a vibe. It helps you through the good times and the bad times, and it's a perfect, like, grab your hairbrush and sing type of song. So it's it's one of my go-tos when I'm cleaning my room, for sure. What, what song or artist would you make your cult worship? <laughs> <laughs> I love how I have a cult. That's fun. Gotta love a good you cult. You know, why not? Yeah, like a good cult moment. Okay, this is really weird, but the first thing that gets comes into my brain is the song have you seen Bo Burnham's special uh, inside oh I have yes. it on vinyl yes. yes it's incredible so the first is it thing it white that, woman's Instagram well that is a good one <laughs> but what I thought of is what I already worship I'm already in this cult is mm-hmm. uh, Jeffrey Bezos I yes. order from Amazon way too much so I would just me and my cult would buy Amazon packages and sing like CEO entrepreneur born in
0: 1964
1: <laughs> Jeffrey Jeffrey, Jeffrey Bezos Jeffrey Bezos. Bezos. Pop, pop.
0: Like, come on, Jeff, get him.
1: Forget it. Uh, already in a cult. Hate it. That's my life.
0: <laughs> At least you know. I think for me, I would have to go with How Soon Is Now by the Smiths. Like, Ooh. I feel like that's definitely the cult song I want to like, when I appear, I just want to be like, <laughs> I am the, su-. like, just like in Charred. I just want to be like, just like the craft. I just want to walk in and just feel like the Ooh. vibes coming off of me. So definitely Powerful. that would be like my cult theme song. And then finally, yes. what is your go-to karaoke song? Because this is very important. I'm going to guess. In my head, I'm going to write down an answer. You're going to guess?
1: I have so I'm many. Write- I'm such I'm gonna a karaoke down, I'm going to write
0: down two things. On my expert knowledge of you. Um. (laughs) So I'm going to tell you two. I'm going to tell you one
1: that, like, is one of my go-to karaoke songs and then one that's, like, a more recent addition. So my go-to karaoke song is actually... The monster mash. It is such a good, and it's so funny because everyone's caught off guard and it's so bizarre and so strange. But you can just be like, oh, I was working in the lab late one night, and then you can then everyone else goes like he did the mash, and everyone can like join in, and it's like a creepy vibe, and it's very bizarre, and like it it breaks. It's a good like interstitial between any karaoke vibe, because sometimes like people are doing like way too intense and you need like a break, or sometimes like people are doing too much any slow songs so this mm-hmm. is a good just weird song in the middle that like makes no sense but it can fit anywhere and then another karaoke song that's one of my favorites at the moment is we don't talk about
0: Bruno no, no 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 no
1: but this is how you have to do it there's a specific way that you have to sing this song that Joe and I started and now we tell everyone so after the so you sing it normally and then to the point of the song where it goes save Food frame a rat song long is back. So right after that. The rest of the song is all about rats, so you just have to go yeah. rats, 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 and then like you like the rest of it. You're like, we don't talk about rats, 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 and you just keep bringing up the rats, and it makes the song so much more fun and bizarre and funny. So that's how you have to sing that
0: song now. Done. I feel like there was a cartoon parody of cats that was called Rats, and they did that same thing where they were like, I think it might have been Hey Arnold, and then they were like, Rats, rats, oh rats. I'm like, I'll look that right up later. So my my oh two my guesses. God. My two guesses were the Monster High theme song, so it was Monster related, well, and then Jolene because I felt like Ooh. I felt like that is a good karaoke song that people that love. But I was like Monster one. related. Joe
1: loves uh, Jolene. That's like one of his faves. So Picks Joe good has one. good taste. He does establish that he really does. So what about you?
0: I need to know. So uh, kidnap the Sandy Claus. <laughs> um, I can do all. I can do all three parts at once, of course. <laughs> And then I honestly, I never liked Frozen, but I love Into oh. the Unknown. Oh, it's of so, course. It's so queer. I love, like, belting Amazing. my Idina Menzel. So I yes. love those two songs. I love Disney karaoke. <laughs> oh,
1: Disney karaoke rules. That is, like, the best. It is the best that you can do. Getting a group of people together, getting drunk and singing mm. Disney songs, you can't do that. Like, that's, that's yeah, the best. It's perfect. It is. Love it. And y'all, we want to know what is your go-to karaoke song? Because you can learn a lot about a person just knowing their favorite karaoke song. And also, I always love hearing other people's karaoke song because it gives me ideas for the next time I do karaoke. So let us know. Contact us at Netflix Geeked or just, you know, tweet us. Messages do it. We wanna know. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you so much, everyone, for taking that tour through our music Rolodex. And now we are gonna move into the amazing interview with everyone's favorite Umbrella Academy lady, Emmy Raver Lampman. First of all, let me just say, huge fan of yours, and I think you're the star of this season. And that's not just me hyping you up, because I've always loved Allison, and my big thing is, like, I just want to see Allison embrace, like, that part of her that doesn't want to feed that darkness and just wants to just start effing shit up. (laughs) And this season, it was like, (laughs) Allison really got to say, like, I'm tired, and I'm tired of being tired. And I just want to know, like, what was it like returning to the character and returning to a version of her that was so ready to be like, oh, I'm done playing nice with everyone? Yeah, it was,
2: it was honestly so fun and something that um, Steve Blackman and I talked about a ton coming from a different, a a bunch of different angles, but understanding that, you know, Allison was dropped into the sixties as a black woman in Dallas, Texas, and everything that she witnessed and experienced and lived through and survived, that's going to come with a certain amount of trauma to then just plop back into her, what was her timeline. um, And that, you know, those things aren't Gonna immediately go away, and, and if ever, and probably not ever. And so I think it was really important to not ignore the fact that she was going to have a lot of residual trauma, and then that was going to very much affect her day-to-day and her energy and her actions and her emotions and her mental state on top of, you know, the whole reason that she agreed to go back with the family was to,
0: mm-hmm.
2: like, find Claire. She chose to leave her husband to find her daughter And then, you know, very quickly to realize that Claire doesn't exist. And now she also doesn't have Ray. Right. (laughs) So, I mean, I can only imagine what that would do to someone. And, you know, the first two seasons, Allison is very much like, you know, on board with Team Umbrella. And that's how she was raised. And she's, when somebody gets out of line, she's the one to kind of, you know, rally the family and rally the troops. And I think I really, really enjoyed playing the part of Allison that, is not interested in that and is kind of over this family and over being the peacemaker and over being the one that's always putting family first when she is always the one that has to... She doesn't get the benefits of that as much as everybody else does.
0: Absolutely. And I think there's this one scene where you're talking with Diego about that. And I thought it was interesting because this season, you're a lot more with Victor and a lot more with Diego. Mm-hmm. And I thought it's mm-hmm. so powerful that like she comes out of this period of being super othered. Yeah. And the two siblings she's gravitating towards are two people yep. who would also understand that othering yep. because we're finally seeing Alice and be like, oh yeah, I've been in like a, a primarily white space mm-hmm. my entire life. Yep. And now I got to, re- it felt like she got to reconnect with her blackness yes, as well through that whole process.
2: Yes, which was... Also extremely important to me. You know, also coming out of having to do press for season two, which was very much centered around the civil rights movement, which was came out in the middle of a massive Black Lives Matter movement and the murder of George Floyd and um, having to do a ton of press. And so, you know, I was coming off of this crazy high of the juxtaposition of the show coming out and Allison having that storyline in the time in real life that mm-hmm. I Emmy and every black person in this country and in the world was was living through and experiencing and so I think it was really important to to dive into that and address that and and I think this season also there's a lot of we're dealing with a lot of really important issues and the Victor storyline being being a massive one and that's really incredible and to be a part of that and for Allison to be such a grounding trusting safe space for Victor I Emmy, I'm, I'm honored because Elliot is a really, really dear and close friend of mine, and to to watch him go through his process, but then also to be on camera with him and have Allison going through that with Victor, um, I just it was it was. Something I'll never forget.
0: Well, we love Elliot on the podcast. Like, we're, we were, I was so happy. I was like, my two favorite characters are doing things, <laughs> and I, and I was like, I, was, the part like as a black girl that made me laugh the most is like, oh, Allison is changed. She's wearing a bonnet to bed now. <laughs> she is, yes, like, yeah, different. Oh yeah,
2: oh yeah. She's got her curlers and her silk wrap. She's ready right? to go. I was
0: like, it's different now. She's,
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's you know, I, uh, Roxy Lindsay, who was our HOD for her, hair. Um, her and I had many many conversations just about the. The black hair journey for Allison mm-hmm. um, in the show and and just making sure that that's also correct. And there's just was a lot of mindfulness and a lot of conversations about Allison and her blackness and her journey in the show through with her blackness. And I also you spoke earlier about the, the scene with Allison and Diego in the car. And I that's one of my favorite scenes. It was one of my favorite scenes to read. It was one of my favorite scenes to shoot because Allison and Diego barely interact. Mm-hmm. We have very few interactions together. And I just think David is an incredible actor, and and I was so excited to have this opportunity for, to be, you know, two people of color in the family kind of sitting down and actually addressing some, like, real shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I think sometimes because, you know, conversations about representation can be so repetitive mm-hmm. sometimes because it's like you're trying to live it as well as do it. Yeah. And I think what made Umbrella Academy different is it doesn't have that respectability mm-hmm. politics in it. Is that, right. like, to deal with that trauma, Diego's like, let's go beat up some, yep. some racist. And I'm like, that is also, like, catharsis, yeah, too, of, like, yep. getting, like, you as Allison getting to be that person who can say, yep. oh, yeah, I don't yep. have to take yep. shit.
2: Yeah, I think it's it's mm-hmm. it was really freeing, honestly, to just kind of let loose and and let her kind of be this this unknown and this kind of loose cannon kind of coming, like, the hinges are coming off a little bit and she's very unstable and and emotionally a mess and, you know, just kind of. We're watching a woman work through her trauma and, you know, make some really bad decisions and kind of the repercussions of those decisions and how they play out in her family and for herself. And it was a season unlike any other for me. I really, um, I really enjoyed kind of, I kind of felt like the villain of the season inside the family. Like, (laughs) just like Allison was the one that was a mess. And especially Luther being like, what is going on with her? Yeah. Stop. You don't know me. Stop. I'm I'm done with everyone thinking that they know who I am and that they know what's best for me. Um, So I really, I really enjoyed kind of just being in such a mood all the time.
0: <laughs> I love it. Honestly, I'm ready to be the person like Allison, like Magneto was right. I'm like, Allison was right. Stop playing in her face. Stop. To, <laughs> yeah. Because you know? yeah. I I think that was also the thing that was interesting is that like now, you know, you are the only sister and you are the one who has been taking on that very female, traditionally female burden of like, let's all be calm. Yeah. Let's all be this. But ev- But because of that, people will also... Play with your play in your face, uh-huh. and I think that it was that the betrayal that Victor does to Allison, yeah. I think was that final straw. And I think it's so meaningful because Allison it sacrifices, yep. and her whole arc has been like trying to do the right thing for everybody else mm-hmm. and for her child. And now to have everyone not care, I think I think what was so powerful for me as a viewer, and I wonder how it was for you, was the family gets thrown around a lot on the show. But it was Allison really saying, but like, but where do I fit in in this family?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, it's human nature to spend the majority of your life trying Mm -hmm. to figure out where you fit in. (laughs) And a lot of times, you know, your family is kind of when the world is a mess and you're trying to figure out where you fit in outside of, you know, your family, like your family is kind of the grounding. Well, at least I know where I fit in here and at least I know where my what my place is here and and I'm surrounded by people that love me and help me. And it just was really nice to kind of have Allison look up for the first time and realize that she's almost kind of staring at strangers like it, it, because of what she went through in season two. It's just like, oh, these people will never actually understand me because they see me and that I'm putting on a good face and that everything's fine because she's an actor and she's really good at that but the isolation that she felt coming back from the 60s and looking around at her family the people that are supposed to ground her and support her and and get her and she just felt like there was no one that would understand and the closest person was was Diego and 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 Victor but even their journeys are also very different so it was it was really beautiful to kind of navigate that for her with her with with the writers and with Steve and um kind of explore that that journey for her and the isolation that she's feeling inside this very massive family of hers
0: yeah. No, it was so wonderfully done. Like I said, I, I think your story is like the standout. Everyone is great. But oh. I was just like, it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely like the Allison season. But my last question before you go yeah. is, since we are a geek podcast, as I said before, yes. what's geeky about you? What makes you excited? What are you nerdy for? Let everyone know. Oh, ma'am. <laughs>
2: okay. I'm a big DIYer. Mm. I'm a bit like I'm, I love a craft. I love crafting. Like Joanne's fabric store oh, is, is like my home away from home. I'll just go there and like roam the aisles, touching all the fabrics, playing with beads. I love making things with my hands and, and I have a really hard time sitting still. And so if I'm, I'm knitting or doing a puzzle or beading or making macrame or I love crafting. I really like nerd out for craft.
0: That's phenomenal. So are you. I hope you have an amazing day. Thank you so okay. much for speaking with me. And again, Allison MVP. I can't wait to see what she does next. Uh, She's in her villain bag. Oh, that means
2: so much that you're so, so kind. I'm, I'm really, um, it was truly a delight and a joy and challenging in the best way to, to go on that journey with her this season. So that means so much to me. Thank you. I really appreciate that.
1: Okay, y'all, it is time. The time is now. The day is near. We're going to talk about season three of the Umbrella Academy, princess. I need to know. I just, I need to know your thoughts. What did you think? I, we need to talk about everything because I'm obsessed.
0: This was absolutely my favorite season. It moved the fastest, the sleekest. Yes. I like. like usually on an Umbrella Academy, like the first two episodes, like take a little bit to get you in, but I was hooked instantly I I felt like the charisma and vibes were great. Victor was handled so well. Mm-hmm. It was just... And also, we got Allison completely in her villain bag, and I'm just like, I'm here for it. I love the darkness. Ooh. She's a mother. We're having an evil mother theme in, in fiction right now, but yeah, I loved it. What did you think?
1: This is a show where after I was done, I just want to tell every single person I know to watch it because I want to know like what they think about it and what like their favorite parts were, their theories. It's Those are my favorite kinds of shows because I just want to have all the discussions and talk about it. But like, it was one of those things where I forgot how good the show was, but it's like, right, it, it got you right back into it, just like the writing, the stylistic choices and the shots and the fights and the music and the random, like, dance moments and plot twists and, like, the show rules. It's so smart. The writing is so good. It's, like, hilarious and addicting and, like, they hide things. It's like, they do a great job. They do such a good job. And this season, I think, was one of the best because in past seasons, I feel like it could get a little a little convoluted sometimes, a little too, like, confusing whereas this you were just like every episode at the end I just wanted to keep watching it it was very addicting it was it was perfect I just it brought you right back into the chaos
0: and really it like it made me love these characters even more for sure and I think that this is all what has been leading up to like for all of these seasons we have seen the Umbrella Academy really struggle with the legacy of what their father put them through. And now seeing how easily they could be replaced is such a great way to start Mm. this season because that's always, like, their big fear has been, like, them not being living up to their expectations, their father's expectations. And now they're in this alternate place where they don't even matter. And yet they had to find some meaning out in in these experiences. And it's such a really great story. And I think all of them carry it emotionally well. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, it was just incredible to watch. I just
1: loved how it was like the hot famous family with their shit together versus like a chaotic bunch of misfits from another universe that know nothing. And it just, it can show you that like don't always underestimate those like misfits because sometimes like, you know, they love, they still have some love. So things, the Sparrows was like the perfect world that they wanted to like achieve. And then when they see that too, they're like, oh, that's also not what it was completely cracked up to be, you know, because a lot of people have this sort of place in their life where they see what their parents want from them. It's like, this is what they want. And they're like, oh, I wonder what that would be like. I wonder if like if I met that and if I was there, then I would be happy. But you're not. It's like most of the time you it's like you're miserable. And it's like that. So it was sort of showing that, too, which I thought was really interesting to be like, oh, they're perfect. They have everything that, that you could want. And then they're still messed up.
0: <laughs> exactly. Because when you're trying to search for like inner peace everywhere else, you're never mm-hmm. going to find it. And I think right. I think everything about this season is like everyone's trying to search for that thing that will make them feel complete and the trauma and just everything pulling them backward you know you have victor coming into their identity which is handled really really well you have allison who is struggling to get claire back luther who of course is a simp and falls in love with a woman in like 60 seconds or less hi i'm luther uh you know diego (laughs) dealing with like potential fatherhood klaus with his mom five just wanting to retire and marry a doll are they all perverts It was
1: so crazy because I'm telling you, this season just made—I think it's like what you were saying, because we got such, like, a deeper feel into what they were, like, struggling with and what they were all trying to overcome. Like, we just dove so deep into these characters that I, like—I love them all. I love them all for different reasons. And it uh, was—it was so smart and brilliant. And I just love when shows do this. It's—because also— so many different properties right now are doing all this, like, multiverse stuff. Like, you know, Doctor Who, like, started it off. Uh, Obviously, there's other things, but just in my brain. And then, like, you have Rick and Morty, and then, like, Marvel went on board, and now it's, like, everywhere. People keep doing it. And I love it, but it's, like, you need to do something different with it or else it's gonna get so boring so quick. And this is the first time that I've seen, like, diving into the multiverse, but in a way that's, like, (laughs) cutting to the core of, like, characters and seeing, like, another version. And for this, it wasn't, like, they're the same version of themselves, but, like, a different siblings and picking apart, like, oh, like, what would I be like here? So so it was just, it was so cool and brilliant, and I just can't say enough good stuff about it.
0: Yeah, it was a great AU perspective. And I love how it was, like, Luther- was the one who was the most like you guys are so cool and great like all he right. ever was. he's such a puppy. I love that he actor. Is. I've loved him since Merlin and I'm just <laughs> like he just wants he just wants love and affection. L-O-V-E. And I really I really think that that says so much about him is that mm. like he really just wants to be loved. Yeah. And what was your big WTF moment this oh, season. Oh,
1: man. There were, like, a couple, honestly, where I was just <laughs> completely shocked and, like, yelling at the television. Probably the first one, mm, Probably the first one was Harlan, just, like, that sort of, Mm -hmm. like, reveal of, like, oh, this strange, creepy grandpa man with the tapes and the numbered sandwiches was him. And it's, like, it clicked. I think it clicked in my brain, like, right before it was revealed. Because I was, like, wait a Mm -hmm. second. Like, who is this guy? Like, why is he here? And then I, like, saw when he was, like, writing his name, I was, like, whose name is this? And then I was, like, Mm -hmm. looking it up, and then I remembered, and I was, like, ah! Um... So it's like I knew something, but I knew that something was up when he was listening to those bees. And I gotta say, Netflix, a uh, conspiracy theory. What is with all these bees in there's your shows? There's a lot of bees right now. Recently, like there's Harlan with the bees, there's Bridgerton with the bees, there's uh, what was the other thing? First Kill First with the kill, bees.
0: Bees. What is
1: all these bees? This is all connected. <laughs> It's all connected. I swear. Listen to the bees. <laughs> um, not, <that> bees not, <laughs> not the not bees. Not the bees. So that was like a moment where I was like, oh, shoot. And then like when you found out like, oh, he killed that. It was like he killed them. And then you found out that he also killed their moms. And I was like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, honey. I'm like, this isn't going to work well. Okay. <laughs> like, This isn't going to end well.
0: No, it's not. So what was one of yours? Well, definitely the first thing was absolutely, like, their moms all being dead. Right. But then I also think, like, when they killed Marcus, I was really surprised because Mm. you think that's going to be such a big character and then he's just instantly gone. Ooh, I love that, And just, like, you know, mom out there worshiping this orb. And I'm just like, girl. Oof. What's going I, on? I, I that just love that intrigued me. Oh, yeah. yes. It just, it just brought me in. Yeah, yes,
1: it's so brilliant. I love when you just like kill a main character or kill someone you think is going to be a main character. I just, I, I know some people really hate it. I love it. I think it's fun because I'm like, these are just characters. We can like, <laughs> why not? Like, let's take some, take some risks. Put some like interesting perspectives in here. So I, it, because then they kept dying. Like the sparrows just yeah. kept dying over and over yeah. again you, they're like oh they're these perfect like fighter warriors like avengers this is the avengers nope
0: dead dead dead, dead. <laughs> yeah the, the sparrows were giving big red shirt energy i was just like who the hell are these assholes one question i wanted to ask you so allison is kind of the the big bad of she is the, the mini big bad of this mm-hmm. season her daughter has because their moms are are dead before right. they were born. So they never existed. So Allison's daughter has never existed. So right. she comes back from, like, literally dealing with civil rights Whew. abuse for, like, years, mm-hmm. losing her husband, thinking, I'm going to go back to my daughter. She goes back, daughter is doesn't exist. And she just suffers this really intense emotional breakdown. Yeah. And it slowly... Keeps building and building until finally she and Victor have a huge falling out over Harlan. And I wanted to know what you thought about that Harlan v. Allison mm-hmm. v. Victor situation. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that's going to be something where people are going to be de- debating, like, who was right and who was wrong. Oh, interesting. So I want to get what your thoughts were about that whole uh, sitch.
1: I mean, it's so brilliant. It's such brilliant storytelling and character writing because— it was one of those things where it like it feels so real. Like this struggle felt so real. And I that's my favorite thing in fantasy shows is like those moments of reality that like are driving other parts of the plot. And this was a huge part of that. You could just see them become so close and then see how like in this moment of a lie, in this moment of something that like completely just is her breaking point, is this breaking point and can break people. And it's like those that happens in real life. Like that ha- Happens a lot with people. And so it was like painful because it was so real. You could tell that they still loved each other, but there was so much anger there and so much hurt there and so much baggage there. Personally, it was something that like I, it, it hurt me. Like I was so mad at her, but I understood. Like I was like, like, forgive Victor. You know, I was like, please, like, forgive him. But it's like, but I understand why you can't. It was honestly hard for me to pick a side because I could feel from both of them. I don't know if anyone is like right or wrong. Like, I guess like Allison made some choices, but it's like, if this is her villain moment, like I understand what her breaking point was. And I understand that she got there and that she's like done. She's done with it. Like, you know, when she was having that conversation where she's like, this is all bullshit. I'm over it. Like, this is I we keep going to all these different timelines we keep doing all this stuff like i try to forge this connection or do this thing and then it's all taken away from me i'd probably act the same way that she did you know that's like i get that but then yeah like to for victor though it was it hurt my heart man it hurt my heart like to see him like real because like she was always there for him and now like in this moment where he's like so for her to like do the thing that would like betray him the most. It was oh, it was too much. I, for this, yeah. you, I need to know what you think because I like cannot. I can't
0: decide. It's too much. I'm too emotional over it. I think it's been interesting because Victor and Allison, them having a massive falling out, mm-hmm. has been like a fa- a thing that I knew was probably going to happen since I rewatched this season. Because even as going mm-hmm. back as as far as season one, mm-hmm. Victor and Allison have always had this weird inability to be as close as they wanted to be with each other. Mm. Like, And then we find out that Allison rumored Victor to forgetting that they had powers. Then, you know, when Allison goes to confront Victor about the guy that he was seeing, Victor accidentally cuts her throat and makes her unable to talk. And that's a whole thing. And then mm-hmm. when you go into the the 60s, Victor saving Harlan is part of why they have to go up against the government. And it's like, Victor will make these decisions that are very much based on emotion and wanting to be loved and be seen because they have never had that. But they'll have these huge consequences. And Allison being the one who does have, like, the most stable life Mm -hmm. of the group is the one who loses the most. Right, Each of those times. And it's just supposed to just keep coming back. And I think to me, Harlan killing the mothers is something that was an inexcusable lie not to share. Hmm. You know, because it it impacts everybody. And I just feel like every season they have the characters do that thing that I hate of, like, they won't (laughs) actually communicate to each other. Oh, yes. They'll lie about something so dumb. And I'll be like, just talk to each other. Let's all just calm down and let's talk. That was so much this season.
1: Like, the whole time for everything. I was like, talk to each other. (laughs) Okay, so... The biggest thing that I want to know is surrounding Hargreaves because it's like, you know, who—we still don't know. We, who is this alien man, and, like, why is he doing all of this? Like, what is his underlying motivation? Because, like, at the end, when he's, like, talking to Allison, he says something where they're, like, discussing, and she's like, what's going on? And he's like, like, I want my prize. He says some sort of thing about, like, his prize. And then, like, there's another moment where he's talking to Luther about, like, why he sent Luther to the moon, and he said, you went to the moon for a reason. You were guarding the most precious thing in the universe. And then, during that little, like, Luther moon montage moment, you saw, like, this person, Abigail Hargreaves, like, dead and frozen Mm -hmm. in this, like, cryogenic tube. So I'm guessing that she was, like— the precious thing that Luther was guarding. She is the prize that Hargreaves wants. Like, I don't know. So it's like she is so involved, and I don't know why. And it is—I feel like that has to be revealed next because, boy, I I, got—I don't know who this woman is. And, like— I need to know how she is right. connected to everything. What's the plan, princess? I
0: have no idea. Like, I totally agree with you. Like, it was giving Mr. Freeze. Like, I'm like, right. is this your Nora? Are you like, and I also am wondering if we're ever gonna find out, like, is he responsible for this, for the phenomenon of all these kids? Mm. You know, and, and oh, I, I've right. really been, you know, it's like, we don't really know why. And I feel like we keep going back and forth between him being this terrible, abusive, evil bat daddy and like or is does he have some kind of like deeper motivation I think that's kind of like the big point of the next season I think has to be Mm. all about that and now that they don't have their powers apparently what's that gonna look like like what is is this future where like he has all of this power still but not these kids like what has he replaced the children with because they were tools so what do his new tools look like All right, we are almost done for this episode, but there is one more thing. One more lingering thought for both Tessa and myself. Tessa, what is your one more thing of the week? I think that my one more thing
1: is be careful out there because you don't know who's secretly an alien. My guess is that they probably live underwater. (laughs) The ocean is terrifying. Like, everybody wants to go to space. Nobody wants to explore the ocean. Why? Because people have already seen terrifying stuff down there, and they never wanted to go back. So, you know, maybe mermaids are actually aliens, and maybe they exist, and then maybe they, like, walk on land sometimes. So maybe the aliens are just, like, chilling. You never know. So just keep that in the back of your head. Just
0: a little bit of extra anxiety for you. Your Cthulhu is mermaid. (laughs) truther i love that (laughs) (laughs) what about you princess all right my one more thing of the week is if you are going to go back in time to kill your abusive grandfather make sure that your parent is born first to maintain the timeline which will allow you to kill said abusive grandfather and will not start a grandfather paradox so make sure you get your dates right kids All right. The Geek
1: Podcast is hosted by me, Tessa Netting. And me, Princess
0: Weeks. Find me on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all over the internet at Tessa Netting. And you can find me on YouTube as Princess Weeks and Twitter as Weeks Princess. All right, y'all. Next week, we'll be covering the long-awaited Stranger Things Season 4, Volume 2, the conclusion of Vecna Daddy's Curse. I am excited. And titillated Oh man Vecna Daddy Hopper Daddy We got got all the daddies you guys Netflix got all the
1: daddies So anyway This is the Netflix Geeked And Spoke Media Production
0: Our executive producers are Keisha T.K. Dutez Brigham Mosley Aaliyah Tavakolian And Keith Reynolds
1: Kelly Kolf is our producer and Reyes Mendoza is our associate producer. Delora Patton is our coordinating producer. And a special thanks to Carson McCain for being
0: awesome. Sound design and engineering by Evan Arnett, who also composed and performed our original theme. Stay updated on all things geeked. Be sure to follow at Netflix Geeked on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. And if you aren't following the Geek Podcast, I am truly deeply offended. Beyond Offended. And if you want to make it up to me, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. And since you're already there, make sure to leave us a five-star review because you know you love us. XOXO Gossip Girl. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.